0: Welcome again to another edition of our Leadership Podcast. Uh, This will be the second uh, in the series of four uh, with the headline, The Church and the 21st Century. We started last time by bringing up the the truth that um, every leader, every Christian leader, every pastor or whatever leader we are, we are living in the balance between what we must not change, what we must keep on and stay to, no matter the pressure from society. And what we need to change to be able to work in a contemporary setting in a society that changes all the way, in the way it communicates, in the way it it functions, in the the problems that we need to help people with. The problems of today can be very, very different than the problems of the first century when Christ and the disciples lived. And, uh, And so we need to be able to understand the dynamics between those two things. Things. And for me as a leader, uh, this is something that uh, that is very very crucial. Uh, things I spend time to meditate about, spend a lot of time talking with my leaders about, uh, because I I see, of course, and. Uh, I believe we all maybe can see that, also that uh, the changes in the societies around us sometimes uh, um, are things that the churches don't always cope very good with. Uh, I just um, I read an article, uh, it was from another country, uh, but a Christian country, about um, how fast, uh, how many churches that are closing today uh, and in and a very, very dangerous speed. and. Uh, the explanation this was a secular article, but anyhow the explanation was that uh, the, the the church aren't able to function in today's society people don't they don't come to church and the church maybe don't bring up the things that are important for people today and even though the the doctrines are are there and the message is there uh, somehow the the church is not connected to the society in the way that it should be. And these are questions we need to uh, to take seriously. Uh, even if things are going very well, where you are working today, uh, if we can be a step ahead because the way I think as a leader, I think that we should be world champions. We should be better than anybody. And knowing, in, knowing our cities, knowing the problems of today, knowing the communication techniques of, of today, being inventive uh, when, when it comes to engaging people Being inventive in the way that we can care for each other inside the church and not only keep on doing. Uh, today what we did yesterday or the day before yesterday may keep on changing the methods we are working and at the same times don't change our doctrines like I said the last time don't change our ethics and uh, well this is a challenge for every one of you and I just want to help you a little to understand this and give you some good advices in this uh, in this podcast when we think about the church and when we think about Ourselves being leaders, uh, the greatest example will always be Christ, and this is also—it's so easy to see Jesus as an example uh, in this setting, because Jesus—he was conservative. I tell you, he said, "Not a letter of the law shall um, uh, shall disappear; it shall all be fulfilled." Everything said by the prophets, everything written, it shall all be. So in this sense, Jesus was ultra, ultra conservative. But at the same time, he broke many rules of of the religious society of the time that he was uh, living in. He shocked people. He shocked uh, uh, his contemporaries, uh, other religious uh, People like the Pharisees, like the scribes. He even shocked his disciples. Why? Because he was different. He worked in a different way. Jesus understood that if I'm going to reach out with the message I have, I have to be in contact with people. And what he did to get in contact with people was very unorthodox in the way it was was done in new ways. And people were angry with him because he did that. And this is something we need to see in our settings also. Uh, We need to be concerned conservative in the right way doctrinally but not conservative in the way we work because Today's society is, of course, very different than the society that Jesus lived in 2, 2,000 years ago. And, and we must do like Jesus. We must be bold and sometimes cross some barriers, do things in a new way that it, ha- it uh, uh, has not been done, done before, to be able to reach people, to be able to bring them the love of God, bring them the healing power of God, and bring them the gospel. Uh, so when, when we look at Christ, for example, uh, maybe the most obvious example is, uh, he was called a friend of sinners and tax collectors. And this was not said by on, in honor to him. Oh, he's a friend of sinners and tax collectors. This was said in contempt. He's a friend of sinners and tax collectors. What kind of person, you know, is, uh, is he? And why? Because he he brought his disciples home to Matthew to eat and drink in Matthew's home. And this was not socially accepted. By a righteous man, by a rabbi, by a religious man like, uh, like Jesus. But Jesus understood, no, these rules, they have not, nothing to do with doctrine. It's never said in the Bible that, that um, uh, in, in, the, in, in God's word, in, in God's heart, that, that you can't befriend a sinner to win him. For, for, for the Lord. So Jesus, uh, he, he understood that. And so he broke into their homes, he fellowship with them, he uh, he uh, got to know them, and he brought with him his shocking disciples. Many of them, many of them, at first time visiting a tax collector, I said, okay, well, it's kind of a little uncomfortable here. But Jesus, he he showed them that this is what, what you have to do. This is not doctrines. This is just the, the mindset of men. When he spoke with the woman of, of Samaria also, the Bible says his disciples marveled. How can he do that? This is not right. But the thing is, it is right. It's not doctrine that you can't speak to women of Samaria. This is just traditions of men. And this, is what, this difference is what we have to see also. The same with Jesus healing on, on the Sabbath. Uh, again, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were furious with him. How can you heal on the Sabbath? That's not lawful. And Jesus said, it's lawful. You don't understand what doctrines is. Doctrines is you shall not commit adultery, you know, and, and, and lot of other things. But heal on the, healing on the Sabbath, this has nothing to do with doctrines. This is just your mindset. You, you, you're bound. You are kind of imprisoned by your own traditions. And sometimes we as churches, we need to break out of those traditions and things. Okay, if if maybe we don't reach people today in the way we should. So what can we do? And to be contemporary is not wrong to be contemporary is right to understand your town your city your neighbors their needs their mentality is not wrong it is right because then you can also come in contact with them and sometimes we need new ways to come in contact with with people new kind of meetings new kind of internet programs, new kind of approaches to get to know them, uh, new kind of square meetings, maybe new ways of evangelize and all this. I, I believe the Holy Spirit has all this for the church, but we must also seek Him. We must be bold. We must dare to, to use the Creative, uh, creativeness that God has given to us. We must speak with each other and say, come on guys, what can we do here now to be able to really function in our time and in our society? We have a saying about our church, Word of Life in Moscow, uh, that said, the church is a place of growth. And what we mean with this is that every person, every uh, church member should grow. Grow in the gift of the Spirit, grow in love, grow in commitment to the Lord, grow in in His talents and so on. But this is true not only for the uh, single church member. This is true for the church also. The church needs to grow. The church needs to be a place where, where we learn together, where we explore new ways of... Of caring for each other, new ways of doing mission, new ways of, of spreading the gospel. We we need to pursue the Holy Spirit and the, the endless wisdom and creativity that is in, in the Lord, in the Lord Himself. Uh, in Proverbs 1 5, uh, it's written like this A wise man will hear and increase learning, a man of understanding will attain. Wise counsel. He says two, two things here. That if you're wise, that means you're always seeking for more wisdom. If things function for, the, for you, it can be done better. You can reach, reach further to always keep on striving, learning more and understanding more. And he says a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. He will listen to others. He understands that even though I know something, someone else may know more than me. Even if I'm wise in this area, someone else can be wiser. And that attitude is also maybe more important than than we think. Because we spiritual leaders, we can sometimes... Well, it's the same as it's been earlier also. We get stuck in our tracks. We get stuck in the way we do things. And we are afraid of trying new things. Don't be that. That fear can... Can destroy your calling at the end at the end of the day Jesus was bold he did what other people didn't do he walked new ways he didn't broke any commandments, but you understood well if I'm going to get out with my message if I'm going to get uh, disciples if I'm going to rescue this world, I have to dare to do things a little different way or uh, also so so to uh, in Colossians chapter four and verse five. It's a word there that uh, we can interpret in a very interesting way. Um, it's that Paul, Paul says to the church in Colossae, Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. And there are different truths that we can read into this, um, this verse. But it speaks about the people who are outside, that you need to walk in wisdom. You need to understand them. You need to understand maybe how they look upon the church, how they react when they come into the church. We, we are a very charismatic church, really. We believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in casting out demons where, uh, and so on and so on. But at the same time, Paul writes, uh, when he speaks about the gifts of the Spirit in uh, First Corinthians, he says, well, if an un- unbeliever comes in and... Um, everyone is speaking in tongues, he's going to think that you lost your mind. That's also the Word of God. And this is also why uh, Paul, when he writes about the gifts of the Spirit in the First Corinthians, uh, uh, he, he writes about uh, the abundance of the gifts and we should flourish in the gifts. But he also says, if all of you speak in tongues and an unbeliever come in, he will think that you've lost your mind. And what is Paul meaning? Well, he's simply saying, you must also put yourself in the shoes of the unbeliever, how he experienced the church, how he experienced you, and you need to be wise. If you're going to rescue him, if you're going to win him for, for, for the Lord, you can't only do what, what you think, what, what you like. You must also understand him. He's not there yet. And this kind of wisdom, this kind of understanding is, of course, very, very important in a time where things are changing so radical around us. The church must of course be a place that is convenient for, for unbelievers to come to. They need to come in there and, and feel at home. We try to make our church contemporary in the way in our design, in our architecture, in our cafe, in everything we do that people come in and feel, wow, this is a nice place, it was a cool place. And and we train our staff in our values, to, to always be friendly, uh, that none of our staffs are allowed to say, I don't know, and just leave the person if he asks the question. You're not allowed to do that. You must either help him find an answer to his question, or you must find a person you can answer his question so we do things like this so that uh, to put ourselves in the shoes of the unbeliever, someone that comes into a church they maybe never been in a charismatic church and I wonder what is this and and we don't compromise uh, in our worship uh, we don't compromise in our faith of course but at the same time so we, we think about this the church one needs to be a place also when people come in and they feel wow this is a warm atmosphere there's nice people here they care for me and and uh, Uh, and that the meetings are are made in a way also that uh, that they are for the believers, but also we think about the unbelievers and reach out to them so they can come into the kingdom of God. And all this can be summarized in the word wisdom. Be wise. Uh, Don't compromise, but be wise in, in all you do. And that's what Paul said to the Colossians. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Understanding the time, the society that uh, that you um, that you live in, um, and, um, and so also, I want to want to end by bringing my, up a, a specific uh, issue, and maybe the most uh, typical issue when we speak about how important it is to be contemporary, and that is communication. Listen to this: Matthew five, verse fourteen and fifteen. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house." What is Jesus saying? He's saying, well, you're the light of the world. Okay, that means we have the gospel. The only way God spreads the gospel in the world is basically well, it is through the church. And uh, we need to spread the gospel, the love of God, the power of God in this world. And then Jesus says about us, that uh, we like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. You don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but in a lampstand that everyone sees it. We need to reach out. We need to communicate. We need to be seen. We are here with the church while we have something to say. We need to be heard. We need to be there where people listen, where they watch. There we need to be. No one has anything more important to say than, the, than, than the, the church. And regarding communication, uh, I know you understand, we are living in a revolution. I've tried to just dig up some statistics and this is of course maybe changing from land to land and from, from day to day. But, uh, but approximately then, we, we a human being faces 5,000 messages every day. A teenager spends 7 hours and 22 minutes every day on, um, on his mobile phone. Uh, if before, what the pastor needed to communicate was strong lungs, today he needs electronics to communicate. Uh, regarding pornography, uh, 35% of everything that is downloaded on the internet is pornography. And that's scary. And what does this mean? Well, it means that there is a world of communication out there and we need to penetrate it with the gospel we need to be there we need to be on in our churches on our sunday meetings but you also need to be on internet we need to, to be on social media we need to be where people are listening and looking with our messages we need to communicate not only strong but we need to communicate wide and we need to learn how to do that some of us we don't know we, we uh, a pastor he's, he's he asked if he was on on social media, he said, no, I'm not on social media. And then he kind of looked a little proud. But I have WhatsApp, he said. I don't know if you understand that, but having WhatsApp, that doesn't mean that you communicate anything. <laughs> and uh, and um, I, I, was, I spoke with another man. He was a, was a minister in another denomination. And we talked about this. And, uh, and he, said, he said like this, I'm not on Facebook, he said. I, I speak with people directly, man to man. and I. And I said I also do that, but I am also on Instagram. And then I told them how many followers I have on Instagram. And I said, and when I post something about Jesus, potentially all these followers can can listen to this, see it, and and. The, that's not a minus. That's just a plus. You can still speak to people man, man to man. And here we mustn't be old-fashioned. We does not get stuck when the world is moving in communication. And um, it, this is not a technical podcast. Uh, and I don't have the time now to teach about how to do these things. You can find this information other places. But what I, what I want to tell you, number one, you have to learn. You as a leader, you have to learn about this. You have to, to understand that this is important. And what you need to do, you need to activate people in the church. I my, myself, I'm. I don't know very much about the technical details, and I'm not an expert in social media in communication. But but I find these people around me, and and I create a team of them. We have a media department in the church. There are a lot of guys around me right now when we are making this podcast, and they know all kind of things that I don't know. But I work together with them. But you as a leader, you must take the initiative. You must understand that this is a, this is important. We need a community strongly, deeply and widely in every way. Shouting in the streets if necessary. Amen. Preaching in the churches, but also getting out in society by internet or, or in any other possible way. Uh, what you as a leader need to do also, you need to listen. Listen to people who, who know more about this than you. Some of us, we kind of react uh, maybe like this... Uh, minister that I told about. I am not on Facebook. Facebook is not good. Well, there is a lot of dirt on Facebook and and uh, I don't spend much time looking on Facebook, but, but I'm there with my message. Uh, the, you don't need to, to to spend your time surfing on Facebook uh, hours every day to be there yourself with, with your message. But you need to listen to people who understand these kind of things and, uh, and find them in the church and be a little humble also. Very often, maybe turn to younger people than, than yourself. Uh-huh. And then, mm-hmm, okay, and then create an atmosphere—a bold atmosphere of communication in the church. Because we also we need to, we need to dare we need to dare to take steps when it comes to social networks when it comes to broadcasting things when it comes to maybe making new programs like in uh, in our church uh, uh, we we broadcast our meetings and maybe you you can't do that right now but maybe someday in the future but you also make programs we try to understand what is interesting to people, what what do they want to hear about, what what, what kind of what are they discussing right now and if we think that the Bible has something important important to say about this then we make something about it and sometimes maybe nobody listen sometimes some listen sometimes a lot of people listen and um, all this has to do with with mastering communication and uh, living in the reality of today using every tool we can and creating an atmosphere, a good atmosphere of communication inside the, the, the church. So I just want to encourage you to think in these lanes and, and work, and then God will lead you in your pace. Uh, you don't need to compare yourself with anybody. You are where you are, but from that point, you can be a person who learn, gain wisdom, wisdom, and listen to good counsel. and that will help you. Amen, and God bless you. So, well, if you think that this uh, could help others also, then then you can just uh, uh, tell this uh, to your friends. You can help us spreading this, uh, did post, this podcast, maybe posting it, reposting it on your social media, and we will reach a little further. Let's work together to reach this world with the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. This is our times, and whatever is changing around us, let's use it for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Bless you.